It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Before we begin, a little about Gary Zukov. He is not one to beat his own drum. He's a very humble man, so you might not know much about his uh, remarkable and gentle spirit. Like most of us, he started out in life with a lot of dreams and ambition. But again, like most of us, he had to learn some tough lessons before his eyes could really be opened. Gary Zukav spent his childhood in Port Arthur, Texas, and his college years took him to the hallowed halls of Harvard. He quit after his junior year to wander through Europe, but then returned to graduate in 1965. When he was 24, he joined the Army and became a member of the elite Green Berets. His regimented military life later gave way to several years of drifting. During those years, he says, his only interests were hedonistic. But even then, he knew there had to be something more. So he began to study the world of physics. And that led to what Gary calls his first gift to life, The Dancing Wooly Masters, a best-selling book that made physics understandable to everyday folks and won Gary an American Book Award. Ultimately, it was the study of the physical world that led Gary to the study of the non-physical world. His second book in 1989, The Seat of the Soul, hit the top of the New York Times bestseller list. The study of the soul is now Gary's full-time calling, which he says he plans to pursue for the rest of his life in the mountains of California with his beloved spiritual partner, Linda. So we're going to explore many wonderful ideas from Seed of the Soul, but perhaps the most important one to try to understand right away is Gary's idea that the human race is in the process of evolving. Interesting thought. We're becoming what he calls multisensory. Now, if you're wondering what that means, think about all those times when your eyes or your ears were telling you one thing about a person. Does that happen to you? You can see it and you hear one thing. And your heart or your intuition was telling you something else. And how often did your intuition prove to be right? According to Gary, taking your intuition seriously, in other words, following your heart, that other sense of perception, is the first step toward the next stage of human evolution. This is what he says. What do you mean by multisensory? We are becoming a new human species. Here's what I mean. The five senses together are really only one sense. They are a single sensory system, and the object of detection that they detect is physical reality. 
but there is much more to this yes. world of ours. And by than physical that. reality, you mean all the things that we see and feel and touch and hear. That's right. Right. Exactly. And as a species in the past, we've been limited to that. There have always been people who have not been limited to that. Every one of our religions is named after one. But the difference is that now all of humankind is beginning to get a new perceptual capability. Okay, so by the, every one of our religions being named after one, meaning Christ, who was obviously a multi-sensory yes. Yes. human being, Absolutely. spirit in the flesh, Christianity is named after him, the Buddha, yes. Buddhism. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. But multi-sensory perception is the experience that this world is more than just physical. More than what you see. More than what you see. Now that makes such sense to me, even for people who, you know, might not be there yet. Because remember years ago when you had people first start studying biology, before the invention of the microscope, there would have been those who would have said, there's nothing more than what you see. And now you look at uh, elements under a microscope and you can see, you know, through the microscope, many things that you would not have been able to you know, without that. And also the whole very idea of, of what's happening right now, the people who are watching us right now, waves through the air are being transmitted, and we call that television, but I think are not consciously aware of how that just happens. You know, it's just, here we are sitting in a box in somebody's, you know, family room right now. That's a good analogy. I'm talking now about non-physical reality, reality that is real, beings that are real and intelligent but not physical. To the five senses, this sounds like nonsense. Mm -hmm. Now hear that word, nonsense. It literally has no five sensory counterpart. And if it is non-physical, what does that mean? Does it mean, ooh, spirits are running around? What does that mean? It means that we have access to compassion and wisdom that is far greater than we, what we can provide to ourselves. For example, you, you mentioned that there are television waves. Mm -hmm. The television waves are in this room, but we cannot see it. Correct. Let me give you an example from physics. The light spectrum that we can see with our eyes runs from red to violet. Mm -hmm. But we know that there is light below red, so to speak. We call that infrared. Mm -hmm. When you mm -hmm. go to the restaurant and mm -hmm. you see uh, food being heated by these red lights, mm -hmm. that's infrared. We know that there's light that's higher than violet. That's ultraviolet light. Right. And then beyond that is microwave. And beyond that are all of the frequencies, including television frequencies. Got it. We don't see it. Mm -hmm. But where are they? They're here in this room with us now. We can only see a small bit of that infinite spectrum. In other that words, is the red to violet. That's all we can see is red to violet. That's what we call the light spectrum, but any physicist can tell you that the spectrum of light goes way beyond red in one direction, and you know how far? Infinitely. Infinitely. And it goes way beyond violet in the other direction. Infinitely. And of this infinite spectrum, this is what we can see. And with the five senses we are saying, this is reality, and this is all there is. I just got it. I had, I had a light bulb go off because yes. what you're saying is that feeling, <clears throat> that feeling of that intuition, your connection and perception of that intuition is as strong, is as powerful as what you see, hear, smell, and taste with the five senses. Yes. As you become multisensory, that is exactly what happens. Right. And more. It becomes more powerful. 
you reach a place where you follow your heart, no matter what your head or the five senses will tell you. Really? Yes. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. And so that you can is be seeing one thing. You can see, so you can see a part. This hap- people have this sensation, I know many times, that somebody is standing before you telling you one thing, but you are feeling and sensing something else. Exactly. And what, is, what, what we've been taught to do is to believe what you physically see and not what you intuitively feel. Precisely. And you're saying that what you intuitively feel is even stronger than what you physically see. As we become multisensory, that is exactly what happens. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike. And that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, Visually led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Well, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand the most basic law of physics, which is cause and effect. We see it all the time in our everyday lives, this principle of for every action, the third law of motion. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. In many ways, that is the golden rule. It's also the third law of motion in physics. Well, would it surprise you to know that the same rule holds true in our spiritual lives? Just something to think about, if you will. In the East, they call that law karma. Here we know it as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. According to Gary Zukav, our intention, what we intend towards others, is the single most powerful energy in our lives. And it is our intentions, according to him, alone which determine whether we make our lives on this earth, heaven or hell. Being a person who'd always lived my life trying to do the right thing, Uh, The resonating moment of clarification came on page 38, where you say, you're talking about karma, and you say, every action, every thought, and every feeling is motivated by an intention. And that intention is a cause that exists as one with an effect. And if we participate in the cause, it is not possible for us not to participate in the effect. And I took from that that we have the world that we have created based upon our conscious and unconscious intention to do so. Is that correct? Precisely. Let's talk about cause and effect. Uh, 
It is the single hardest, to me, it, is, it seems to be the simplest law, and I think most people, certainly the American culture is aware of do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which to me is the law of karma um, simplified. And people are aware of that, but are not aware that it applies to every single aspect of your being. When, um, you know, I knew less, I used to think, oh, well, I'll talk about her because I don't care if she talks about me. Because if that's all that's going to happen, me talking about her, it means she's going to talk about me back. That's okay if she talks about me because I don't like her anyway. But, but it doesn't work that way. Obviously, no, it doesn't work that way. That it's about the energy that you put out comes back and it comes back in its own way, but in direct proportion to what you put out. Exactly. Here's a device that everyone's seen. When this ball swings out, you see this one? Uh-huh. Registers the effect. Now, this is cause and effect. This is the cause, and that's the effect. Suppose we take these away for the moment, mm -hmm. and we only have two left, and we do the same thing. Now you see there's a cause, and there's an effect. There's a physical cause, and there's a physical effect. Intention is what causes the effect. Intention is not physical. You can't see it. You can't weigh it or package it. Mm -hmm. You can't market it. You can't do anything with it that the five senses can register, but intention is what causes that to happen. Here's another ball. This is the law of cause and effect. I say law because it always happens, mm -hmm. and it's just what you describe. It's when going to happen no matter who you are or what you do. That's right. If there is an effect, if there's a cause, there's an effect, mm -hmm. and the two are one. Which means nobody is beyond this law. The intention may be to uh, be kind to a friend. Mm -hmm. The friend experiences kindness, and you experience kindness in your mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm. Now, suppose you have another intention. Suppose you want to get the most that you can out of this world. Here's the intention. There's the effect. You exploit the world, and you experience being exploited. Do you see? I, I see. Wherever the intent, whoever sets the intention experiences the effects of that intention. So if I intend... And you can never have an intention without an effect. Precisely. Yes. And if someone else feels the effect, you will feel the effect. In the East, that's called karma. Here in the West, we call it the golden rule. Mm -hmm. So if I want to be kind to you, you are going to have the experience of someone with the intention of wanting to be kind to you. And I myself, in my life, am going to experience people being kind to me. But not necessarily from the person you gave the kindness to. No, not necessarily from that person. If you want to see what, how you were creating in the past, look around you. Do you have loving people in your life? Then you have been loving in your life. Do you have selfish people or angry people in your life? Then look at yourself and you will see that you've had anger in your life. And self-concern. So if you are an angry person, you are going to draw to yourself angry people. You feel better being angry if you're an angry person. If you're around people who are angry, they understand you, and you understand them. If you're selfish, if you're greedy, you will draw to you avaricious people because you understand one another. You know, hell is not something that you're assigned to against your will. Hell, if you want to look at it that way, is a place that you go of your own free will. How of your choices, of your choices. Yes. How, how much of a hell can you live in than to live in a world in which no one cares for you, in which everyone wants to exploit you, in which people look at you as an object? That is hell. 
And if you look at other people that way, that is the world that you will live in. Next, Gary Zukov tackles a really big question. What is the soul? Uh, his answer is one that you'll not soon forget. What he had to say will give you an image of your soul and your place in the world that you'll be able to hold on to maybe for the rest of your life. What is the soul? The soul is what you are. The soul is not a mythical entity. The soul is a powerful, purposeful essence. It is at the very center of who you are. But do not think that you are the entirety of your soul. A soul is enormous. A, your soul existed before you were born, and your soul will exist after you die. You, the Oprah that I am speaking to, I, the Gary that is speaking to you, are personalities. I have a certain psychological structure. I have lessons to learn in my life. I have emotions. I have intuition and cognition. Mm -hmm. I have all of those things. But all of those things will die. But my soul will not, and neither will yours. Does my soul know me? Yes. Yes. Look at it this way. Every fleet of ships that sails has a mothership. One ship that knows where all of them are going and sets the direction for all of those ships to sail. Mm -hmm. This doesn't mean that the mothership determines what happens on each of the other ships in the fleet. Life on one of the ships might be mostly pleasant. On yet another ship, it might be mostly unpleasant. Now imagine the mothership is the biggest ship you can imagine. It's a city afloat, magnificent. And now imagine that the rest of the boats, the ships are not really ships, but little boats. Mm -hmm. The mothership is your soul, and you are one of the little boats. The mothership knows oh, why... That's, just, that's a very nice analogy, really. The mothership knows why you are in the water. You may not know all of the time. The mothership knows why you encounter storms. Your job, while you have the awesome privilege of being a little boat, is to learn how to sail in the same direction as your mothership. Because you can choose and create anything you want, you can sail in the opposite direction if you want. That is a sure way to find rough water. But as you sail in the direction that your mothership wants to sail, your life fills with meaning and purpose and love. You are excited about being alive. You are excited about the people you are with and what you are doing. Because you're following the mothership. That's right. Meaning is your inner compass that always aligns itself with the direction that your mothership wants to go. Okay, meaning. Meaning, your inner sense of meaning and purpose. Is, say that again. Meaning is your inner compass. Mm-hmm, got it, got that much. And as you follow your inner sense of meaning, you are sailing in the same direction that your mothership wants you to sail. Okay, so all the people who, because I feel like I'm following the mothership. Yes. I do feel that. And that's a beautiful analogy. I don't that's know where that came from for you, but that's really good. Thank you for that. And that's, that's wonderful for so many people who have trouble with religious terms because they feel religion has failed them for whatever reason. But what about all the people who don't feel that there is any meaning, who are lost? Try something else. I was one of those people. I was angry, bitter, disdainful, judgmental, controlling, 
Uh, I think I left a few out, mm -hmm. but that's the way I looked at the world. I was doing the things I thought I should be doing, and my life didn't have any meaning to it. And I used to think, is this all there is? I like that song. It expresses me. Mm -hmm. There must be more to life than this. That's what a life feels like when you are not paying attention inside to what you really want to do. Maybe you are creating a business because your father wants you to. Maybe you are having a family because your mother wanted you to. Or maybe you are having a family because everything in society says that when you get to be a certain age, that's what you're supposed to do. And you never were allowed or never felt you had the permission or just never did. Look inside yourself and ask yourself, what do I really want? Exactly. Exactly. Now, by the way, and what I mean, you, the big eye, <clears throat> yeah. the big eye mm -hmm. and what the big eye may want is a family. So this mm -hmm. doesn't preclude having right. a family as your life fills with meaning. Consider this, that that means you are going in the direction that your soul wants to go. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Something should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. I love that analogy. I don't know about you guys. Isn't it great? Here we all are, trying to follow the mothership. Uh, next, a fascinating conversation about love and marriage and what Gary calls spiritual partnership. Let's face it, who hasn't spent a lot of time? Um, I get this all the time on this show. People think I'm a social service agency for men. Uh, so a lot of people spend a lot of time looking for Mr. Right or Ms. Right. But the question, I think, for a lot of people should be, what is your soul looking for in a mate? How can you tell when you're in a truly soulful relationship, one that will really keep you and your partner together, will really do the ultimate and fulfilling what your life's mission is about? Does everyone have a spiritual partner? Is there such thing as a soul mate? Spiritual partnership is partnership between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. It's the new way of relating. It's the new vehicle for the new male and the new female. It's only when you have the courage to enter into a real relationship that you can grow spiritually.
And you know when you're in a real relationship because that person is irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. And that is a spiritual partner. Spiritual partnership is partnership between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. And the reason there's so much divorce in this country is because you have people who aren't equals, people who are not whole, people who are coming together to have the other person fill themselves. Marriage is a modern form of an, of an ancient bond. And that ancient bond has one purpose, and that is to enhance physical survival. Hmm. And it has two partners. One of them is male, and the male is the provider and the protector. And that's how the male, the old male, fulfills himself. And the female bears children and raises them. And both roles interact beautifully. Because the female cannot bear and raise children without a protector and a provider and without a family, mm -hmm. who can a male provide and protect for? Got that. And that's where his fulfillment comes in. So we've evolved to something else. Because... Yes, we are moving into something else. And uh, the old male and the old female are being replaced with a new male and a new female. You are an example of the new female. In what way? Every way that I can see. The, the old female, to fulfill herself, needed to bear children and raise them. Mm -hmm. And so when she chose a partner, she had to choose her, her selection criteria included the ability to be protected and provided for. Mm -hmm. But the new female is not limited in any way. She can move through any circumstances, physical, social, as and well as And that's why I don't feel the need to be married. Precisely. It is not that new females, some new females do not want to be married. Some do. New females are not restricted in any way. Right, I just don't feel the need. I don't feel the need. Yes. And it's so hard. Every, I get asked that question endlessly. And I'm always trying to explain it in some way. Like I just, nor does he feel the need. It's not, it's not necessary. The relationship oh, works so well the way it, 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 there's not that need. I don't need to be protected in that way. I don't need it for the reasons that it's been created. Exactly. Marriage doesn't. The energy of marriage doesn't fit the new female. It wow. doesn't fit. It <laughs> I got a new attitude. Go ahead. <laughs> it doesn't fit the, the new male either because the new male is not emotionally inadequate. The new male does not need a female to bring tenderness and caring and warmth into his life because he provides that for himself. The new male is very much concerned with life on this planet. The new male cares about the young and the sick. But aren't you a new, new male, and didn't you just get married? No, I have a spiritual partner. Oh, I am okay. a new male, and we are not married for probably the same reasons that you're describing, because uh, the energy of marriage and the energy of spiritual partnership are not the same. But let me explain that there are, spiritual partnership is the vehicle for the new male and the new female. And that's so interesting because I never know what to say Stedman is. He's not a boyfriend. He's not just a companion. It is a spiritual partner. There is a deep spiritual connection that we have, which now becomes my definition of who he is. A marriage, marriage partners bond for different reasons, significantly different reasons. And you can have both. You can have a spiritual partner who you are, who you choose to marry. Yes. Mm -hmm. But no marriages will last henceforth that do not have the energy of spiritual, spiritual partnership. partnership. Spiritual partnership is partnership between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. Oh, that's fantastic.
Oh, I think it's fantastic. I don't know about you guys. Uh, we're bound by all kinds of contracts in our lives, most of them legal. But Gary says we also have a sacred contract. It's part of the reason why we are here. An interesting way to think about your life in terms of the sacred contract, not just what you think your job is. Here's what Gary has to say about the importance of compassion in that contract. I know that I have gifts to give to this world, and you do, and everyone that's watching us does, because every personality has a sacred contract with the universe. Really? Yes. You did not come here under duress. You came here voluntarily. And if we... Every personality... Every personality... Has a sacred contract. Everyone. We came here to give our gifts, here meaning this precious earth school. It's dense, yes, but it is... It, the, the, this, this dense level of existence must be honored. The body must be honored. What about that guy we passed on the street this morning? Uh, I did this morning uh, and felt guilty and it went back first. I said, no, I'm not going to give him anything because I've given him you know, money so many times and he's still on the street and then felt guilty and went back and gave him some money. What about that guy who's lying out on the street homeless? He is a great soul, Oprah. He is a great soul like you. He has like a sacred me. contract? He has a sacred contract. There is no one on this earth that is not a great soul. No one. And there is no one in your life... Is he you fulfilling will... his contract there on the ground this morning? This is not for me or you to judge. But if he's in pain, he's not able to give all of the gifts that he came here to give. This is the connection between authentic power, living a life of fulfillment and gratitude and appreciation and joy. Even when things are down, even when things are down, if you have an inner joy, nothing can stop it. The inner sun doesn't stop shining. As it becomes ignited, you begin to see the beauty in everything around you. Your friend on the street, it's a complex matter about how you will best interact with him. So we are to not judge that, Precisely. not to say it is unfair or not, because every person has made choices for themselves and is a part of their own co-creation with, with universal energy. Yes. But you are to have compassion for it. Yes. If you are not naturally a compassionate person, then allow me to offer this suggestion because you created each moment with your decisions and with your intentions. And if you use your understanding of what we call karma, that this man on the street is uh, playing out a role, living out a role that is necessary for him, perhaps he is now looking at another uh, perspective on a dynamic that he's experienced in the past. Mm -hmm. But if you use that understanding to say, that's his problem, it's not mine, you are responding to him with callousness with emotional brutality and coldness, and that is what you will create in, in your, your life. Own, own life. That's why I went back. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now, it is very difficult to know, for me sometimes, how to respond, how to create harmony and cooperation and sharing and reverence for and life. And when is enough enough, too? That, that is the thing that I get constantly. It, it will do uh, no one any good, as far as I can see, to continue to support a drug habit, for example. But the important thing is not, for me, not to judge. I do not know enough to judge. And if I judge, I will create negative consequences for myself. If I look at my brother and say, your problem, you're not my brother, you're a drunk on the street, 
look at what I am, look at the way I'm looking at the world. And that's what I'm bringing into my life. Mm-hmm. And as and so, you know, what I'm just thinking now as you're saying that, so my action should be, real, <coughs> should be out of, you know, pure compassion and not out of a sense of guilt. Oh, my goodness, well, if I didn't, then well, I have it, so why shouldn't I? It should really come from the purest place of compassion. There was a time in my life when I was angry and bitter. I didn't think the world recognized me, and I was upset about that. And if someone had come to me and said, Gary, here is $50,000 because I recognize what you can give to the world, all it would have done was delay my agony over the rent for maybe 18 months, and I'd have been right back to where I was before. Because? Because I hadn't changed, and $50,000 and no amount of money or work on anybody else's part could change me. I had to change who I was. So how do you know when you interact with someone what is the best, what is the best course? You check inside. You check inside. So how does Gary Zukav remember his spirit? I don't expect that anybody should believe what I believe, but I believe that there are many of you out there who believe that life has a greater purpose and a greater meaning than the chaos that we all are exposed to every day. And that's what remembering your spirit is about, is about going inside, removing yourself from the chaos, the confusion, the noise of the world, and finding a way to bring peace to yourself. It's a subject that Gary Zukav has spent much of his life thinking about, so we couldn't exactly finish our interview without asking him how he remembers his spirit. And when we were done with that, we found ourselves thinking about maybe the most awesome question of all, what happens after we die? Everybody has an opinion, here's his. How do we, every day, consciously remember spirit? That's my goal, is to every day consciously remember spirit. So it comes to me now and then when I'm connecting like I'm connecting with you, when I feel that I'm doing something that I love doing with somebody I love doing it with, when I feel connected with my, the world that I'm in and I walk down the street and I feel a part of it, when I look at whatever happens to me and I look for the meaning in it, I don't go on an extensive intellectual trip, but I know that this world is meaningful. When I can remember that the universe is a friendly place and not a violent, brutal one, and that whatever violence and brutality is in it, I and we put here and can learn from it. What can we learn from it? How not to put violence and brutality into our world, how to create a planet without conflict, how to become authentically empowered. When I'm with my beloved Linda and I'm awake, I can remember spirit. When I'm in a circle, I love being in a circle with people. I can remember spirit. When I'm seeing a flower or a plant or an animal, sometimes I can remember spirit then. I can see all of those things and not remember spirit. So the idea is the intention. My intention is to remember spirit. My intention is to master and embody authentic power and help teach it to others. And um, I love that intention. I feel it's my life's mission and it's very challenging. I don't want to say to anyone, anytime, that uh, I'm above the struggle. Probably my, if I had a spiritual awakening, it would be the time when I realized that spirituality wasn't going to be an end run around my agony. That in fact my agony was my avenue to To spirituality. spirituality. Because those painful places are the places that I 
need to heal, I realize now, in order to give the gifts that I want to give. And the idea of authentic power and the experience of it is one of those gifts. And it's, it's a part of the evolution of the soul's evolving. Yes. Yes, the soul evolves. It's not a perfect, platonic, ideal thing or energy that sits there while we do the work. We are energy tools of the soul. Our experiences are not lost. It is the soul that learns through our choices, through our experiences. And when we die and this flesh is gone, what, what happens? You know, I've heard people talk about the spirit leaving the body. I've done many shows with people who've had out-of-body near-death experiences. They experience, you know, the, the light, the going through the tunnel. We've heard, all of us have heard those stories. What, how do you perceive that? When you die, you go home. It's where you came from. Home is non-physical reality. Home is a larger, more expansive, more compassionate um, perspective. Will I remember me? Is that important in the bigger non-physical reality? I don't know the answer to all of your questions, mm -hmm. Oprah. What I do know, I know when we die, we return to home. We return to the fullness of who we are. How it happens with each individual personality, I do not know. Okay. But I do know that every life is an awesome event. Every birth, life, and death is awesome, magnificent. It's the expression of such beauty, such compassion, that as we begin to sense it and to sense that that is who we are, our lives begin to change. We see meaning everywhere. We follow meaning inside of ourselves. We want to reach out to others. We long for harmony. We long to cooperate. We long to share the best that we have. We long to revere life, and we do. I know these things. Gary Zukoff and that book, Seated the Soul, has been very instrumental in my life. And the fact that I have a lot more things in life than a lot more people I'm still on the same life struggle, life path as everybody else. Anybody with any sense and anybody with any money knows mm -hmm. this, too, that money doesn't change your life. It's the way you choose to lead your life. It's the kind of person you try to be. And I think we're all on the same journey, struggling, trying, evolving to be the best people that we can be. That is the goal. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. 
They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.